Yo, what's up, high performers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made a Podcast. I am your podcast host, Desi Abeda. Man, all right. I this dude kind of fell into my lap. You know, one of our old uh, guests, Tony Marinucci, shout out to you, uh, actually connected us because he was releasing a book and you know, having a little bit of background on on this guy and our guest, I was like, yeah, I'll have him have him on. Like, we can discuss the book. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Like, high performing author and business coach. Like, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Um, man, my man Jake brought the heat. You know, I'm I'm recording this right now as we just got done talking, and and I'm still so astonished by not only his perspective on greatness uh, in others, but his perspective on that intrinsic want or that intrinsic yearning to be great. And I think it's it was incredibly in line with with what we're talking about here. You know, and we talked about his book launch. We talked about what has gotten him to where he is right now. You know, he he worked with the Lakers. He worked in, in the NBA circle. He was able to develop athletes. And so the man came in with such a huge wealth of knowledge. And I think what I left with, and I'm really excited for you as listeners to leave with as well, is honoring and, and continuing to develop that intrinsic need uh, to feel great and to be great. And and, and again, I'm, I'm recording this as we just got done. I'm excited to listen to it again. Uh, I know this is probably something you're going to want to save. So if you don't usually do that, you know, whether wherever you get your pods, Spotify, I know does that iTunes, I know does that um, make sure that you save this pod because he taps into a lot of overcoming imposter syndrome and what he found through interviewing 30 plus other high performing people in his book, the two things that they all really resonated with. And it's absolutely in line with what we've talked about on this pod. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Jake, my man, thank you so much, bro. As always, for our listeners, you can get any of his information in our show notes and also a, a free a, a freebie. Uh, and we'll talk about that during the pod. Be great today, y'all. Yo, what up? You've heard how every superhero has their origin story, right? Well, welcome to the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda. I'm a high-performance mentor, registered dietitian, and family man. Tune in as we explore the high-performance habits of high performers, their origin story, and how they went from disbelief to belief in their own hero's journey, where they got to a point and shouted, can't believe I made it. Enjoy the episode. All right. What is good, everyone? Welcome to a, another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. Uh, you already heard the intro to our guest right here, but for so many reasons, Jake, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, man. I'm excited to promote everything that you're doing right now and then talk a little bit about your journey, dude. So welcome to the pod, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I'm pumped to be here. It's going to be a good combo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to start in a couple different areas, but the, the first thing that I want to start with, and I took notes on this, okay? I want to give you your flowers real quick. All right. Your, your latest book drop, The Elevated Entrepreneur. We got a thousand plus downloads. Okay. We have category bestseller in 10 different, 10 plus different categories, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then 65 plus reviews. Dude, 
congratulations. Thank you, man. This was uh, it was a heck of a launch. It was, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud about uh, proud of it. You know, we worked really hard to prep for it, but it just it just goes to show that when you put something out there that that people resonate with and you continue to show up and then you ask for help, great things are going to happen. So, man, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Um, and we're we're very blessed, very blessed. Dude, I so as an author myself, like I knew what went into the whole writing process and the launch. And, and I don't know, Jake, how you feel about this, but I felt like the things that I was writing was like literal. It's like the it's like the ultimate vulnerability test. Like, can you get this out? Can you believe in yourself enough to be able to just provide value and, and stories for people? So now that the book is launched, how do you feel about it? I feel great, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's such an yeah. easy answer. <laughs> no, no, but but here, I, I, I totally understand that. And so so this is my third book. Now, when I was okay. writing my first book, I was 23 years old at the time. Um, I was 23 years old, and I was getting ready to release my first book. I was working with the Los Angeles Lakers, and when Kobe was going to retire, I was going to retire, and I was launching this book. Now, the, yeah. issue, the issue that I had, and these were my own limiting beliefs, was that I was writing a career development book with less than a year of career experience, right? Because on one hand, it's like, well, what makes you qualified to do that? What experience have yeah. you had that got you there, right? But on the flip side is I was so entrenched in that in college. I got all my internships. I went to all the networking events. I went to all the resume workshops. I also interviewed some very successful people to borrow their credibility. So yeah. in a way, I was the best person to write that, not somebody who had 50 years of experience and was outdated. And so yeah. when we get ready to write it, it is vulnerable because I was mm -hmm. asking my dad right before launch. I mean, I'll never forget this. I was like, dad, what if nobody reads this? What if you and yeah. Mike are the only buyers of this book, right? <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. so worried. And my dad just, my dad just looks at me and this is something that I've, I literally have lived by since this. And he just looks at me and he says, and he says that, Jake, I don't know if this is going to sell five copies or 5 million copies, but here's what I can promise you is that great and unexpected things are going to happen when you put it out to the world. And it's one of those things where we get so caught up in our mind of like, oh my gosh, I'm being vulnerable. I'm putting something out there. What if I get criticism? What if it doesn't go as well? What if I don't succeed? Or what if I do succeed, right? We, we yeah. let all these worries come to our mind. But, but the reality is, is that in order for us to get to where we obviously want to go, and everybody writes a book for a reason, or anybody does yeah. something for a reason, you start a business for a reason, you got to take that first step. You got to put it yeah. out there and open yourself up. And that's hard, but it's worth it yeah. every single time. I, I love the fact that your dad kind of took that stance of like, I don't know what's expected here, but go to put yourself out there. Because um, Jake, you, you already touched on a little bit and I would love to touch on what brought you to this moment. Because obviously from, from my perspective, it is really great to see other people other high performing people doing very vulnerable things and being able to just like shout that from the rooftops. Right. So prior to this launch, you, you talked about like, this is your third book. Talk to me about what got you to where you are right now. So I started my career working for Los Angeles Lakers. I ended up writing my first book. So I left the team after one year, released the book. Now okay. at this point in my life, I was like, I'm going to go into sports. I wanted to be a sports agent, but someone yeah. told me, they're like, Jake, well, what are you going to do with the book now? I was like, I don't know. Like, I'll just keep giving it to people. And <laughs> it's just out there. It's just out there, you know? Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, I did the thing. You know, because that wasn't, like, my biggest priority. And then someone was like, well, dude, you can make money talking to people as a motivational speaker. And I yeah. thought in my mind that you had to, like, have a lot of money or, like, you could only do that once you, quote, unquote, made it. 
Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me try this. So I literally just tried to be a speaker and I started booking gigs. I was like, this is amazing yeah. because I used the book as the catalyst, as the credibility to get me in front of the decision makers. Yeah. Started speaking and I was still trying to figure out what I want to do in sports. So I was speaking, I was writing my book and then I was like, you know what? I don't really want to be an assistant. I don't want to go backwards to go forwards right now. So I got to do something yeah. that's going to change the game or I got to double down on the speaking, the writing and see where that takes me. Yeah. Well, I was like, there was a new rule in the NBA. The NBA announced that there was extra roster spots, what we call two-way contracts. And I won't go too deep into the, the, the basketball terminology, but basically there were 60 new roster spots that were going to pay people about $275,000 a year. Okay. Which was exponentially higher than if you uh, were playing in like the minor league system, the G league or the D league. Okay. So, yeah. so I was like, well, what if there was an event that could help funnel people into those spots? Because okay. the NBA already has their main event. And I was like, well, what if I can make a smaller event? So I made a smaller event for the next tier of prospects. And that led us to helping over 70 guys sign their first contract resulting in tens of millions of dollars. We ended up having 20 plus of those two-way guys. We've had people get invited to summer league. We've had people play in 30 countries. We've had one guy get drafted in the first round. We have another guy who's like on the Lakers now, which is the coolest thing ever. Some big Lakers guy, but it was just, that was the next phase. We kept building that up, building that up. And then I asked myself like, why am I having success at a young age? I realized it was all because of the network I had built. So I was like, okay, that's a book too. So I wrote a book on elevate your network, how to build extraordinary relationships in life and business. Uh And so everything in my journey just continues to level up. And it all stems Mm -hmm. back to asking very simple questions. What do I know? And how can I help? Yeah. And if you can ask these simple questions, you can then start to put it together and then create something that is valuable to others, that's exciting to others, that others will pay for, and that you can make your impact on the world, which is most of the time what we want to do when we create something special is we want to create an impact that generates money and we want to have freedom. So how do yeah. we do that? And so everything that I've done just continues to, to challenge it, push the status quo and see what I'm capable of and to see who wants to be a part of greatness. Yeah. All right. A couple of things. All right, Jake, I'm a Suns fan. All right. So I might have to end this podcast right now. <laughs> That's tough, man. That's tough. It, it, it is tough, man. I I can't hate on the Lakers and uh, a lot of the fanhood. So I, I'm good. We'll, we'll keep this going. We'll keep this going. Yeah, hey, look, um, you guys got some great jerseys right now and you got some great players. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what? We'll, we'll continue this. But but Deep Book's the man. And I'm a CP3 guy myself. So, so it's all yeah. good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I do like our jerseys, by the way. You're absolutely right there. Um, I'm wondering for you, Jake, you know, I've I've worked at on on the ranks of like the professional level of baseball and other elite level athletes. And and I love talking to, to people like you, because I'm sure that we see greatness within people. And sometimes you're just trying to pull that out of them. Right. And it, and, and it points back to potential. When you were helping these young guys get into these roster spots and stuff like that, what, what were some of the the telltale signs of success with a lot of these guys from the standpoint of their mental conditioning. So, you know, there were a lot of things that, that, that I learned through working with a lot of these athletes. Now, what's crazy is some of these athletes were the number one recruits coming out of high school and then didn't have the college career they expected. Other of these guys were top college guys. They got injured and people were unsure. And some of these guys were guys that were, we were just like, we got to give them a chance because they played at mid-major schools, but they scored 29 a game. Would it translate? And what we realized was that 
the guys that often made it to that next level, the guys that the, the NBA teams really wanted to interview were, were guys that were willing to do whatever it takes for the team. Yeah. Okay. They were guys that were willing to do whatever it takes. They were open to feedback. They were coachable. They were willing Jeez. to listen. Okay. Jeez. But what's something that, that I really, really like is that there are some of these guys that just had an innate desire to be great. And they didn't allow their ego to stop them from putting in the extra work. You know, that's and so that's something right that there. I think is so important for all of us is you is we allow our egos to be like, oh, I'm above this. I'm better than this. I shouldn't have to do this. No, no, no. Yeah. Do the work and don't think you're above anything else and just make it happen, right? Because people see that. That translates to your energy. That translates to your performance. And so that was like really, really important for us. And then on top of that, you know, one of the things that all the teams would talk to us is like, we need to see if their attitude is in alignment with their actions. Oh. These guys have these attitudes. Accountability. You know what I mean? And if, and if you are putting on this front on social media or if you are, you know, doing one thing but acting a different way, character is so important when you play in the spotlight, when you play at the highest levels. And teams want guys, especially these guys, who are going to be guys that were on the bench, coming off the bench, um, you know, earning their spots. You had to show that you were going to have a team first mentality. You had to show yeah. that your attitude was going to put you there, that you were willing to work hard for that. So those were just some of the things. And I know I'm kind of just rambling on with this because there's so much goodness there. But um, there those are some of the big things there that, that really contributed to like mental conditioning and also just like why they would succeed. Well, Jake, I like that too, because, and by all means, man, go off in tangents if you want, because I think there's so much value that can be had. One of the things that you just said, I don't think that I've ever actually heard <laughs> in my ears, but really resonated was the role of ego with what happens with people who really struggle. Um, because it is apparent across the board. I'm kind of wondering, Jake, as you have gotten to where you are right now, um, can you speak on your ability to work through some of maybe the imposter syndrome or the self-doubt? You know, because you talked about a little bit, like at 23, I think you said like super young, I only have a year. Like, can you speak on that? Of course, of course. And I'll say this thing on the, on the ego is, so I did a lot of work with NBA Summer League, which is a major event that happens like so good. Right, before, right before the NBA season for all the young prospects or the young draft picks. And uh, the founders there, they, they had shirts and they always would talk about this, ego ain't your amigo. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just like, like a thing because a lot of the people that work at NBA Summer League, you know, know people or, or have certain connections. And it's like, you, just because you have a last name that, that means something or is that, that, that someone's like the owner of this or the coach of this, that does not yeah. mean you're better or you don't have to do the work. No, you still got to hold the elevator door open. You still got to say, yeah. hi, please, thank you. You're not above anybody else or any role. You got to wipe the floors. And so I, so I really wanted to touch on that. But when it, comes yeah. to, when it comes to what you're talking about in relation to, you know, the, the limiting beliefs, the doubts, the wondering, yeah. right, is – you know, we talked about it with the first book, but when I got ready to, to create my combine, here I was now, I was 24, that was like the next venture, and okay. I'm on the phone with agents, okay? I'm trying to get sports agents to become my customer and pay me money for an event that hasn't been created yet. Now, sports agents are some of the fiercest negotiators in the world, right? I, mean, we've all seen I can imagine, dude. <laughs> right? Like, so these guys are tough. Now, I come in and I cold call every single agent trying to negotiate on why they should send their prospect, why they should invest more money into them to come to my event, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. this is going to sell, but you know what? I got value to add. I, I know that what we're offering is worth the opportunity. And yeah. when we first started, when I first started these calls, man, 
every single person was like, no, no, no. Shut up. Get out of here. This is never going to work. I've been around for 25 years. You don't even have 25 years of life. Like this idea is not going to work. Right. It was shut down, shut down, shut down. And it wasn't like nice. Like, Hey man, like good idea. It's not going to work out. It was like, no, piss off. Get out of my face. Like we're not interested. Yeah. God. And you know, when you're getting, when you're getting that type of rejection initially, like what happens is you start to feel that it's a reflection of you and that you are less worthy or you aren't as good. And it's like, it took me a long time to realize that I am not there. No. Okay. That is them putting their perception on what they view my event is. It does not make me a better or a worse person. I'm still me and I'm still amazing. I'm still yeah. worthy. I'm still great. But that is what they're perceiving it as. So their rejection is not me as a human. It's that that maybe isn't the right time for them. Maybe yeah. they aren't the right person for it. Maybe they have their own way of doing things, whatever it is. But I had to separate that rejection from my identity. Because yeah. it's oftentimes we can take that rejection so personally as if it is us. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes there is things we need to do to get less rejections, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. Learn that, right? And I've learned a lot. But more times than not, it's often you can't allow that rejection or people's opinions or their perceptions of what you're doing impact your view of your own worth and, and your deservingness of, of being happy and being fulfilled and creating greatness. That's such a hard thing to do, Jake. I, cause like what, what we're talking about here is trying not to personify the attitudes of others. And especially when you're putting yourself out there, uh, I mean, that's hard to do. So you're talking about being able to separate that successfully. What did you have to do to get there? Because that's some like, that's some like really inner work type stuff. I mean, what did you have to do to get there? Cause I, I feel like that part is really important. I had to experience a lot of no's. Okay. Okay. Because at a certain point when you get enough no's and look, everything that we're doing is sales. Our life is sales, right? Yeah. You're always selling. And, and whether or not you like sales or not, you're always inviting people to join whatever it is that you're doing. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's in a romantic relationship, it's a new friendship. If it's you're selling yourself and why you should get a discount at the flea market. I don't really care. Like, yeah. but, but you have to experience these no's to start to see them. Okay. The fewer no's that you've experienced, the more personal you're going to take them because you feel yeah. attacked and you feel like they're, they weigh more heavily on you. The more you experience them, it just becomes part of, part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. And the thing we have to realize is that nobody is perfect. We are all going to face rejection on this journey, whether it's with other people, whether it's about our offers, whether it's dating, whatever it may be. And so it's so, so, so important that we realize that that rejection is just part of the game. Yeah. It does not mean anything more than just a part of the game. It doesn't mean that your game is over. No, your game is over when you move on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for me, like how I've really worked on that is I started to experience no's a lot, a lot, a lot. But then what I also started to do is started to say like, what if I reframe this no? Okay. And I talk yeah. a lot about this in, in my book, The Elevated Entrepreneur, is I talk about how to handle rejection as an entrepreneur. But what if no meant next one? What if no meant new opportunity? What if no meant like whatever it means, right? It's not always the end of the game. It's not always the end of the story. It's just a no right now. What if no meant not yet? And so I started to say like, why am I taking this no as the end all be all? No, no is an opportunity to something better. And when I started to change that, the power of that no started to have less weight and control. And I was able to start turning that into better opportunities. 
I got better at handling objections. I got better at starting to see what is the real reason they're saying no, not the face value no. Yeah. I started to understand that people are busy and that I can't be perfect. Look, I love baseball. I love sports. If you play baseball and you hit 300 and you get out 70% of the time, you're a Hall of Fame player. Oh, 100%. Why in life, why in life right? Why in life do we take, if we hit three out of 10, why in life do we see that as a massive failure? Yeah. Because it's our own, we project ourselves onto what we view success should be because we see everybody else. You only need one person to believe in you to make a difference. You only need one customer to prove your offer is worthy. You only need one person to say yes to a date to end up getting married to the love of your life. Yep. We put so much pressure on the numbers behind it that we forget about this reframe and that we only need the right people in whatever it is that we're going after. Yeah. Which I which I think is so damn important. And I and I feel like Jake, my my first thought to any of this is you've talked about starting this at a very young age. Uh, our lives were completely different. At 23, I, I was off having fun, <laughs> not creating, not, not starting a business and not working for the Lakers. I was a late bloomer. Okay. <laughs> so for you, like, can we tap into a lot of your upbringing? Like what, what created opportunities for you? Do you think as you kind of look back at your life, like what were some of those moments for you that were extremely influential? Well, I'm going to start off by saying I'm incredibly blessed to have two parents and a brother that, that love me. Um, and my parents supported me from, from a very young age. And I think that played a big role. I think there's also something to be said about my just naturally intrinsic desire to be great. There's, I've never needed external pressure to want to say I'm going to be the best in whatever I do. Yeah. I was also the shortest guy on the basketball court. So I had the underdog mentality. And when you combine that underdog mentality with that desire to be great, you will do whatever it takes to make it to the other side. You will, because failure is not an option. It's not even a thought. It's just, I'm going to make it happen. It's just a matter of how quickly and how good will I be when I get there. Yeah. So that was really important to me. But the other thing was going back to my parents is that, you know, they, they told me it was not about the grades I got in school, but the effort I put into getting those grades. And that was a lesson that's so, so, so important that I try to share with people that I work with now is that you can't, the, the, the results will come based on the actions and the effort that you put in. But if you give everything you have in the, in the, in the action and the effort, then the right results will happen. The great and unexpected things will happen. And yes. so I've always, you know, been blessed to be able to try things and not be so focused on, did I hit the thing, but rather did I become better in the process? Because if you become better in the process, you can learn. And then your next attempt becomes better. It becomes faster. It becomes smoother. It becomes more efficient. It becomes more successful, more impactful. And so, yeah. you know, when I think of my upbringing, I think my parents had a big, big role. And I'm eternally grateful for them. And then I think also, though, just my intrinsic desire to not want to be average, to not want to necessarily just do what everyone else does, but to want to be the best. And that yeah. desire was so strong that it, it created the right actions that allowed me to see the results in everything mm -hmm. from spelling bee winnings to skipping grades in school to, you know, getting to where I wanted to go. Like, I'll give you an example here. And this is like, this is all personal because it was not put on me by anyone else's. Well, I was in third grade. I redid third grade as a kid because I was on the really young side. And so I read the third grade, but I was like, I don't, I, I'm not going to do this math. Like I, I want harder math. So we worked at a deal where I could be in the fourth grade math class, That's fourth awesome. grade, fifth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. But here was the deal. 
When I got to sixth grade, I didn't test in the seventh grade math. I tested to algebra. So in sixth grade, I would go to after school tutoring so that I could take algebra on my own to end up being more advanced. Yeah. So by the time I got to high school, by the time I got to junior high, I was teaching myself in the back of the room algebra two trig. By the time I got to high school, I started in pre-calculus as a freshman. Damn. Nobody said I had to do that. There was no rules that said, oh, you have to keep going. But it was, I want to do this because I love the chase. I love the grind. I love the hustle of creating something special. And for some people, it's school. For some people, it's relationships. For some people, it's business. For some people, it's working out and fitness. Like find that thing that just drives you and tap all in on that. Yeah. And you'll see great things happen. I think that piece is such a huge one too, because if I can definitely resonate with a lot of what you're saying, Jake. I mean, there's with me, there's this intrinsic belief of greatness and and to see someone on the other side uh, really express that is is so uplifting uh to see i'm kind of wondering like with what you're involved in right now um and this is the cool thing about social media now because obviously like when tiktok first started uh i was incredibly impressed by like the ingenuity of people like how funny people were things like that so now that it's kind of expanded into reels it's kind of nice seeing other people in the spaces use that creativity and i've actually had some time to spend to spend some time on a lot of your content uh, and it's incredibly uplifting and you seem like an incredibly passionate person. So with what you're doing now, what, what drives you? There's a lot of things that drive me. You know, one is a desire to be great. Like my own intrinsic desire still, it's still there, yeah. right? The, what drives me is the desire to be able to give back to my parents for the life they gave me growing up, right? I want to mm -hmm. take care of them to the best of my ability. What drives me is knowing that someday I'm 28 now that someday I'll have a family and a wife and I want to make sure that they're taken care of. You know, my, my parents attended as many sporting events as they could for me and my brother, my yeah. dad never missed a basketball game from the time I was five to the time I graduated high school. Like I want to be there for my kids. I want to coach the basketball games. I want to coach the baseball games. I'll go to their dance competitions. I don't care. Like oh. I will be there. Right. That's what drives me. What drives me also is knowing that I have this energy, this passion, this love for life, and that needs to be shared. Because yeah. I believe it's our responsibility that the greatness within us needs to be shared. And if you mm -hmm. don't share that greatness, whatever yours is, then you are not doing your service. Mm -hmm. So put in the work, give it to people, yeah. show people. And I'll tell you what, when you give your greatness to others, life becomes a whole lot more fun. So those are the things that really drive me to do what I do. But ultimately, like, what do I want when it's all said and done? I want to leave a legacy to say that I had the greatest time of my life, that I impacted a lot of people, and that Jake was a fun, genuine dude who gave a shit about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. we can do that. And you can do that every single day by putting a smile on someone's face, bringing your best energy, giving high fives, you know, telling people you care about them, and putting in the work. Yeah. We got to do it. And so that's what drives I me. I love that because one of the, I, I told you before off air, I was like, Hey, I don't have any like preconceived questions, but one of the questions that I ask each and every guest is obviously it's the can't believe I made a podcast. So you already answered it. I'm wondering if we can dive into a little bit more because after that, I really want to dive into the book and, and get a lot of the value out of that. But usually what I'm asking is like, Hey, it's the can't believe I made a podcast. Uh, have you made it? And if not, what does making it feel like for you? So can you expand on that? Because you already kind of touched on it with what it would feel like to, to be authentically you. Yeah, man. I, 
It's such an interesting question. I, I guarantee I gave a different answer to a similar question about <laughs> a year ago. All right. But, but yeah. That's so funny. Like when you do podcasts, right? Or you do an interview or you grow, it's like what I said a year ago, two years ago was the best answer I could give with the information that I had in the, the moment. Yeah. But now I love that we're answering this question because the answer to have I made it is hell yeah, I've made it. Yeah. But the answer to that is have I made it to the place I want to get to? Not yet. So mm-hmm. here's what I mean by that. I believe that success, that true greatness is your ability to pursue your desires, to pursue your definition of success relentlessly, while also enjoy the journey in the process. So have I made it? Yes, I've made it. I'm doing it. I'm living the dream. But have I done everything that I set out to do and have I achieved all the success I want to have? No. Yeah. But that does not mean I have not made it yet. You see what I'm it. saying here? This, yeah. is, this, is, this is such a beautiful thing because for the longest time, I was like, no, I haven't made it and I'll never make it until this point. But guess what? If you never think you're going to make it until you do this, you do Y, you do Z, you do X, then you're never going to feel fully fulfilled in the journey. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, you know, and unfortunately, I lost a friend when I was in my first week of college, one of my really good friends. You never know when your time will be called. And so if we are only so focused on checking off the boxes, we're going to miss out on life. You have one shot to live this thing. You got to play the game. You have to become the champion of your own team. All right. And so for me, have I made it? Yes, I've made it. Am I where I believe I'm destined to go? Not yet. But am I on the way? Damn straight. So that's that question with the information (laughs) and experience I have today. I love you. I'm going to use that soundbite everywhere. It's, I'm just telling you right now. I, I love your answer to that question. And I, and I wonder, Jake, let's talk about the book. Because um, one of the things that I like, obviously, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Again, I have not read it yet. I'm excited to read it. Um, you were tapping into the lives of high performing people, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I would love to get your insight on some of the biggest surprises of you tapping into the lives of those people and, and who those people were. Yeah. So, so the, the Elevated Entrepreneur is the book that just came out, and it's all about unlocking the secrets of the world's greatest coaches, performers, and entrepreneurs. And so in it, I feature 39 of the best of the best. All right. Ecom entrepreneurs, high performers, motivational speakers, the governor of Nevada is in the book, like people that have made it, right? Your last question was, have you made it? People that have made it. And yeah. You know, one of the, one of the, I mean, there are tons of surprises, but one of the biggest surprises is I ask everybody, what's one action you recommend people do to be the best version of themselves? And almost all of the answers had something to do with filling up your own cup or taking care of yourself first. Yet all of these people are extraordinarily giving. They are very impact driven. They're very focused on serving others. Yet their answer was to do something for yourself. And I love that because as a high performer, as someone who's always going, 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 right? We tend to focus just on what we can do, what we can achieve, what we can check off the list. But in reality, in order to do all those things in the fastest way possible and to make the most amount of money and impact is you have to take care of yourself first. So I loved, loved that surprise. A second surprise, which I wouldn't even say it's a, a surprise, but it's more of a confirmation, um, is that I ask everybody how relationships impacted their happiness and their life, Ooh, right? That's and, such a great question. And almost every person, again, 
in the first sentence said relationships are everything. And what I found so interesting about this is every single one of these people puts relationships at the forefront. Every single person that's going to read this book and every single entrepreneur in the world and person in the world knows that relationships are important. Would you agree with that statement? Yep. I would 100% very agree. Few people decide to make relationships their priority. Here's what I mean by this. When you look at your calendar and you may have a meeting in there or a happy hour or a dinner even with your family, if work gets busier than you expected, the first thing that goes is the happy hour, the lunch with a friend, the dinner with your family. You do that once, it's not a big deal. You do that a few times, that's how relationships get broken quick. When you put your priority of relationships as a forefront and you put that in your calendar before the rest of the things and you say, that's my priority, that's what's important to me, then you can really start to focus on building and nurturing the relationships that lead to more greatness. And so yeah. for me, I've just, you know, I wrote the book, Elevate Your Network. Then I asked this question to really see like, what are the best in the world doing with relationships? You know, is it, is it as important as I thought it was? And the truth is, is yes. You know, and one of the guests in there, she literally just raised, raised multiple millions of dollars for her, for her business all by women. It's an entirely female-funded uh, investment group for her new company. That's amazing. How did she do that? Because she had relationships. Yeah. You look at some of these other people in this book and you talk and they talk about why they've achieved the success relationships. And so that was another big surprise for me that just, you know, really made sure that is my calendar reflecting my priorities and are they reflecting my relationships that I want to grow? That's powerful right there, dude. I, I've mentioned this, Jake, on the pod before. So our listeners, this is something that they've heard already. You know, the, the longest study on happiness from, uh, from Harvard found that the people that were the happiest were the ones that were heavily connected to their most important relationships which is absolutely in line with what you saw with those interviews. I want to put you on the spot real quick. Who was your favorite interview? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Um, I, I honestly, I, I, I know this is the easy answer, but, I, but I'll say that I don't have a favorite one. But what I do have, what I do have is one of my, I have a favorite quote and I have a favorite story of how the interview came to be. So I'll share those All with right. you. Let's go. One of my favorite quotes in the book comes from Alison Berg, who is someone that I, okay. I did not know leading into the book writing process. Okay. Okay. In this book, she tells a story about her journey to, she's helped people make like over $300 million in their career. And what she says is that you have to go where you are celebrated versus where you are tolerated. Ooh. And she's telling me this story on the video interview and I'm getting ready for this book. And I was just like, damn, like, damn. because, because I was like, this is so true. We spend so much of our time trying to please other people, trying to impress other people because we think we have to, we try to get in the rooms because we're told get in the room, but you're in the wrong freaking room. And she says, yeah. you've got to go to the places where you're celebrated. And that was just powerful, man. I, I absolutely love that. So that was one of my favorite quotes in the book that I talk a I lot about. That. One of my favorite stories was when I was 18 years old, so about a decade ago, I was just introduced to like the self-help, the motivational book world. And, you know, I read, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That was like the first book. My parents gave me that book and said I, I was going to read it. And then the second, one of the second books I read or one of the next books I read was a book called Training Camp by an author named John Gordon. 
John Gordon speaks all over. He speaks to NBA, NFL, college football teams. He's written like 20 something books now. An incredible, incredible dude. I read his book, Training Camp. And I literally put a quote on my wall that's been now on my wall everywhere I've moved for the last 10 years. It's a really long one. So I just always look at it. I don't memorize it, but it's really long. And I fast forward and I've been trying to figure out ways to get in touch with him. I always knew there was going to be an opportunity. I buy his books. I read them. I follow along. And when this book came, the stars aligned. So now I have four or five different people super connected with him and me. They were able to make this introduction. I was able to interview him for my third Uh book. And so like, when you talk about the long game, when you talk about great and unexpected things are going to happen, right? Yeah. You got to start somewhere. But that was one of the coolest things because now I have John Gordon in my book as one of my featured guests. And like as a fan and as a supporter and as a friend, like that's just one of the coolest things that you could hope for um, when you do your projects and when you do things, because, you know, again, you got to have fun with it. And then yeah. So fun that I got to feature him in this book. So that's one of the big stories that I, that I like to share of how it came to be. Dude, I, I love that. I love the full the full circle life moments, um, especially when you're kind of talking about like being a fan, buying the books, doing the studying. I'm a firm believer success leaves clues. Right. And it's so cool, Jake, to, to hear that story. Um, I liked how you sideswiped that question. You did a good job with that. <laughs> I did. I did. It's like I'm, you know, the Lakers answering questions about the Suns after we lose. You know, Oh, uh, yeah, it's short season for y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all be all right. Um, you know, Jake, you talked about like each and every person having this theme of taking care of yourself first, right? What what fills your cup? Um, which I'm I'm a firm believer in. So for you, obviously, this podcast is about people's heroes journeys, but it's also tapping into the habits and, and how these people get to refill their cup. So for you, Jake, with where you're at right now, um, you said you're 28, correct? Yeah. At 28, like what, what fills your cup? Like what, what are those things for you? What habits are things that you're like, I can't live without? I mean, one of my favorite right now is sleeping. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know, like I think, I think for the longest Save, time dude. I was like, I, I always like to go to bed early and I like to wake up early, but, but recently like I have this aura ring and the aura ring like tracks your sleep and it gives you these yeah. scores. And so now I've gamified my sleep. And so now it's all about optimization. So I absolutely love, uh, I love sleep right now. I think something else that's really important for me when it comes to filling up my cup, um, because I do have tendencies to be focused on the future rather than the present. One of my yeah. biggest struggles as an entrepreneur has been, you know, to, to be where my feet are, right? To think about the future while also enjoying the journey, which is why I'm obsessed with working on that and asking that question. And, you know, my mom used to text me, live in the moment and enjoy the journey, right? Yeah. But the way that I've been able to really fill up my own cup and come back to the present is through practicing gratitude. So I'll do walks and just do gratitude walks. I do a lot of walks where I don't bring technology and I just walk around and I just let my mind wander. I do gratitude in my cold shower. I do pillow gratitude. When my head hits the pillow, what am I grateful for? Like I have these triggers that allow me to practice gratitude multiple times throughout the day. And then um, another thing that I, that I love to do that really fills up my own cup is I love to listen to myself and give myself rest and grace when, when needed. Yeah, I can go all day long, but I know that if I want to perform at my best and be able to show up on a podcast like this and deliver the heat and bring the energy that I know I'm capable of bringing – I got to give myself the grace and permission to take 30 minutes to relax, to binge watch a yeah. little Netflix. I'm, I'm, the, hey. I'm the one of the most productive people I know, but you better believe that I'm enjoying a good Netflix show. 
Yeah. Most people would not put productive and Netflix binger in the same category. They would not. They would but not. <laughs> when you know how you operate and you don't compare yourself to everybody else, you can find your greatness. That's how I find my greatness. So I love that. And guess what? Everyone else watches Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? Guess what I get to talk to all these people about? Those Netflix shows. Yeah. It's a great way for me to connect with my mom who enjoys watching a lot of TV. So we always mm-hmm. have something to talk about, right? It's bigger than just, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix. There's still yeah. intention behind, can this help with my relationship development? Okay. Yes. So I'm always thinking here. I'm always thinking. Um, yeah. And then I and then I like to wake up, you know, typically I like to wake up at 532 Monday through Thursday, mostly Monday through Friday. Um, that's typically my go-to wake up time. But those are some of the things that I do to fill up my own cup and and really make sure that I'm optimized. Well, now I got to know, because now curiosity is going to kill me. Uh, what is the Netflix Netflix show uh, as, of, as of today? So today is the first day in a while. <laughs> I don't have an actual show, um, but I, I, did oh. watch, I did watch you season three recently. Um, okay. And I watched uh, Lock and Key. Lock okay. and Key is like, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was great. I loved it. So yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for basic entertainment. Um, okay. I love rom-coms. So any rom-com that Netflix shows out there, I'll, I'll watch it, you know, like I'll, I'll give into it. Um, but those are, those are some of the things that I recently was watching. I love Ted Lasso, by the way, not Netflix, but Ted Lasso was killer. Like you already yeah. knew this was coming off the top of my dome, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I was going to ask you if you're a Ted Lasso guy. Well, now I, now I got to know if, if you're a squid games person. Cause I have, I haven't done that yet, man. Oh yeah. Squid game was good. Squid game was really? Amazing. Okay. I, I held off for a while. Because I was like, I don't normally like to watch with a ton of subtitles or like the dubbing when it's in a different language. Yeah, but enough yeah. people told me to like suck it up and do it. And enough people were watching it to where I was like, this is something that I want to communicate with. So, for example, yeah. what was that show? The Tiger King? Was that? I was like, right. Yeah. The beginning yeah. of the- <laughs> I didn't watch that show. Okay. It was one of the few shows I never really got into. Yeah. I missed out on a lot of conversations. I missed out on a lot of opportunity to build further relationships. So with Squid Game, I was like, this is going to be one of Netflix's biggest shows of all time. I got to watch it. And if I don't like yeah. it, I could say I tried it and I could have a, a polarizing opinion. But I, yeah. I started watching it and it was it was delightful. Like it was yeah. a great show. I don't think delightful is the right adjective there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever described it as that. But <laughs> like it, was, it, was a, it was a delightful surprise that how much I enjoyed it. I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Jake, there's, there's so much leading into this point into this question too, that I'm just excited to, to hear what your response is. Um, you 100% have brought the heat the last 39 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, what excites you about life right now? I mean, the fact that I'm alive excites me about life. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's not forget the, the basics here. You know, I woke yeah. up this morning. I was like breathing. I mean, come on, dude. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? but like what also yeah. excites me is like, there's so much I want to do in this world. And I'm going to do it. So, so like what excites yeah. me is knowing that every day is an opportunity to do something great. And don't get me wrong. Some days suck. Like just because I have this energy and because I always, I'm a very positive person and I, I'm naturally excited. Like there are some days where I take the L and I take the L hard. I get beat by like 25 points. You know what I mean? Like I take the yeah. L. But most days I try to go out there and I just try to play the game. And every day mm-hmm. I play it a little differently, right? So today I woke up. Felt good, you know, got a good sleep score on my ring, you know, did my yeah. routine, got some things dialed in, hit one of my one of my biggest priorities early morning. So like check that off the box. You know, I was feeling good. Get on this show, already did a couple interviews, like we're rocking and rolling. 
And yeah. so like, for me, like what excites me most in life is just knowing that there's so much out there that I get to experience and do knowing that, you know, for me, like I said, a, a little bit earlier, is like having a family and having a wife one day is really important. So like what excites me is like going on dates and having the good stories, yeah. and the bad stories, you know, yeah. so, so like for me, like what excites me about life is the, the, the fact that I get to live. And I'm not yeah. going to take that for granted. I'm going to do everything I can to, to enjoy the heck out of it. I'm going to do what I can to make my impact. I'm going to do what I can to put smiles on faces. And I'm going to do what I can to just make sure that when it's all said and done, I'm the MVP of my own life. I love that. I love that. All right, Jake, I got two more questions for you. You mentioned this a couple of times. And, and for me, like I, I remember at the time, I, I personally needed, um, I come from a, a big family, right? Oldest of five. Um, I needed my wife and my child to like push me to, to do great things. I always knew intrinsically that I wanted to do it. But for me, like they were like my whys, my reasons, right? Uh, you talked about like a future family and, and a future wife. Um, obviously, this is complete speculation, right? How do you think your drive and your life changes uh, with those beautiful relationships? in the future? I think it just skyrockets. Yeah. Like, right? like, straight, like straight up. I think it skyrockets. But of course I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking from a place of experience here, but I'm speaking from a place 100%. of optimism, optimism and what I believe will be part of my relationships. Right. You yeah. know, I think Will, Will Smith t talks about it when he says he's not trying to be in a relationship where they're, they're uh, together. They're only happy. He talks about like each person needs to be happy independently and together they become even happier. And I think, I don't know the exact quote or, or the, the topic there, but that's how, that's how I envision this. And I know that the woman I'm going to end up with will have that same thing. She'll be happy independently, but together we're going to be able to do amazing things, you know? Yeah. And so for me, you know, down the road, how will life change? It's going to change a lot. You know, right now I don't have kids, so I could do whatever I want, literally. Yeah. Hey, you want to yeah. go to Mexico tomorrow? Yeah, I can go to Mexico tomorrow. Like yeah. in theory, I could do whatever I want. The minute I have kids though, I'm just, I'm excited for that. Like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready when the time is right to go to those games, to support my kids, you know, but yeah. for now, that's something that I envision happening. But what if it doesn't ever happen? Does that mean I yeah. can't be truly happy in the present? No, of course mm -hmm. not. And I'm going to do everything I can, but I also have to release the expectation of the outcome. I need yeah. to focus on putting in the work and living my life and living my best life and being as happy as I can, right? The number one indicator that long-term happiness is the ability to form great relationships. So yep. I got to keep doing that. And I know that yeah. if I'm doing all these things, you know, the wife will come, the kids will come, the impact's going to keep going. But I just know that what's going to change the most is we're just going to, I mean, it's just going to, life's just going to keep getting better and better. Like I think life every day is just going to keep getting better and better. And of course, there'll be not some good days, but like overall, like, I think I'm just getting rock and rolling. I think we're all just getting rock and roll. I think we can, yeah. think we can all have it all. Like I, like I really do. I think we can yeah. have it all. I, I also really love Jake and this is uh, you know, I'll give our listeners an opportunity to, to get to follow you and follow, follow you along in your journey. Um, I love what I would like to refer to as like the realistic optimism where there is a, a shit ton of gratitude and also some acknowledgement of those L's they happen they like we're human. Right. And so, um, Jake, I'm super excited to continue to follow along in your journey, man. Like I'm, I'm already better for having this conversation. So I want our listeners to have the same opportunity. So, uh, last question for you, my man, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, man. No, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, the best place to find me right now is on on the gram at Jake Kelfer is my Instagram handle. Uh, come on, slide in those DMs. Let's have some combos. Let's and go. Then, um, <laughs> and then if you want to pick up a copy of of the Elevated Entrepreneur, you can uh, you can do that for free at theelevatedentrepreneur.co. All you got to do is just okay. cover the shipping fee, but we will get it to you. The book is free. Just cover the shipping, and me and my team will send it to you wherever you're at. Oh, giving to the world, man. I love it. I love it. Jake, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we're going to go ahead and press end of the pod, but don't leave because I, I want to connect with you a little bit more, man. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. What's up, high performers, high performance mentor and dietitian Desi here. Before I let you go, I just want to speak to your heart real quick. If there's something inside of one of these stories or inside of one of these episodes that is really resonating with you, it's because I'm speaking to the high performer in you. So there's two things that I want you to do before you get done here. One, if you're looking to surround yourself with other high performers and you're looking to get more of a cue with how to become the high performer that you need to become, I want you to join our Facebook. It's called the High Performers Club. I'll make sure that we have that in the show notes of each and every episode. All you got to do is click on the link, answer a couple questions and you're in and you get full access to a wide variety of free videos, free content for you, free ways for you to, to step up and become the high performer that you need to become. On the other end, we also know that information is readily available. It's the application that people need to invest in in order to get to that point where they have sustainable change towards their habits and towards their high performing selves. And so if you're looking in ways to work with me, please click on the link, fill out a couple questions and see what kind of spots are available in the moment. I would love to work with you if you are someone who is looking to become the high performer that you need to become because it's what I do. Love y'all. Thanks for listening.